Competing for Science is a curious broadcast production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. The BT Young Scientists Exhibition is 50 years old this year and in its history, one school in a small town in County Cork stands out. Kinsale Community School first entered the competition in 2002 and has in that time won a total of 87 awards, has three Young Scientist winners and two European Young Scientist overall winners. How have they done it? This is the story of Kinsale Community School students as they compete in the BT Young Scientist exhibition. In 2013, students Kira Judge, Emer Hickey and Sophie Healy-Toe, all age 15, won the BT Young Scientist exhibition. They went on to represent Ireland, North and South, in the European competition. And in September 2013, they bet 120 students from 38 countries to become European Young Scientists. I joined their science teacher, Sean Holly to welcome them home. I'm shocked, but uh, it's amazing though. It's great buzz around here now at the moment, like so. It's their, their achievement, and uh, school is a small part to play too, like. But um. <laughs> right, lads, the uniforms are all looking good today. Um, it's really surprising. We really didn't think we were going to win, seeing as all the other students were a lot older than us. The three girls, it's been just a hard slog for them, so I'm just really pleased that they got the result that they did, because they deserved it alone for the work. One of the judges, apparently, that judged them, um, he was due to go on to another competitor but he actually went back into the judges room to take a little break and he just went through the door and he closed the door and he just went wow and there was three or four other judges sitting there and they just turned and said to him oh you've been with the Irish girls have you because they were just blown away by them they were absolutely blown away by them their enthusiasm but the level of work their knowledge and everything Kinsale a small, beautiful fishing town is brimming with pride for their European winners. I'd be very, very proud of them. What they've achieved, it puts us on the map. And we'd, in recessionary times, we badly need the likes of that. Oh, it's such a great plug for the, for the teachers down there as well, like in fairness. Like, it's unreal. Like, it's, it's an ordinary school, but it's a great spirit there, I suppose. That's it. Um, having Eli Lilly as well, in close proximity to the town, uh, you've... Um, you know, a good resource there for science. BT Young Scientist Exhibition is 50 years old. The idea was conceived by two UCD physics researchers, the Reverend Dr Burke and his then student, Dr Tony Scott, after a visit to New Mexico in 1963. The year after they returned from New Mexico, they held the first exhibition. Over the last 50 years, 65,000 students have entered more than 31,000 projects. It has more than achieved its aim of making science accessible to all. I met Dr. Tony Scott for tea at the ORDS Members Club. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. We'll take a The reason we went to Mexico, first of all, was um, we had a piece of apparatus that was built in the physics department. It was called the Nolan Pollock Photoelectric Nucleus Counter, if you want a great title. And the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology in Socorro, which is about 70 miles south of uh, Albuquerque, wanted to build one. 
So we sent them out the diagrams and they said, well, could you bring up one of your models so we can check it? So they invited us over to do there. Um, Father Tom went out before me, but he wrote to me and said, there's a young man here, um, I think his name was Gary, who has built a rocket and he wants to demonstrate it to us. So the day after I arrived in Socorro, we went out into the schoolyard behind the National School and Gary was there. We have a photograph of Gary. Father Burke standing about a metre and a half in the rocket. I was obviously a metre and a half in the rocket. Safety and health obviously didn't apply in those days, but he was demonstrating the rocket. And we asked him what was it for the science fair, and Father Tom went to it, and Father Tom, he got the bug in Albuquerque. And when we came back, we, we said, well, let's do it here. And that bug is still thriving in Kinsale, high on the success of their European win. The school has a record number of entries for the 2014 BT Young Scientist exhibition. I think we have 120 students applying, like, and I suppose that's it's kind of a carryover from the girls' like success that this snowball and this year the, the amount of entries is unreal. Only one in three get through to the young scientist. We have a 75% record, which is really bucks the trend. So I don't think so. Like we try and focus that it's just getting there is the achievement um, because um, so some kids put a lot of work in even before the closing date and they've worked it through the summer the next thing they find out then judges uh, reject their projects and uh, you can really be upset like so to kind of manage them. We are only at submission stage. We join Sean Holly as he works with the students to prepare a one-page proposal outlining their ideas and how they propose to investigate their problem. It's getting very close to closing date. We have to get the one-page proposal done. We need lunch break tomorrow, last class on a Friday, we have a meeting, and Saturday morning. How many people are going to come in Saturday morning? Good, OK. So, Saturday morning, myself, Eamon Judge, Eamon's coming in, our European champion's coming in, and Sean O'Brien, you all know because our Last year's principal, he retired. He's coming to give his hand as well, OK? So on, on Saturday, there'll be a huge group. Sean O'Brien retired as principal of the school in 2013. He'd been teaching in the school for over 30 years. It is a testament to the community spirit in the school that Sean continues to be involved. Of course, I used to always use the phrase that can say the community school was successful because we had extra players on the team. And the extra players were in the community who always helped out no matter what we were doing. And they were very generous with their time. So I felt, now that I have some spare time on my hands, I should come back in and be the extra player on the team. I left the celebrations in Kinsale with a sense of wonder at how these three girls, at the tender age of 15, became the European Young Scientist winners. But I also start to understand the hard work and dedication that goes into the BT Young Scientist exhibition, as Dr Tony Scott observed. Those three girls, I mean, they are something else. They are really something else. And it was interesting, when, when they did win uh, here, I mean, we, before they went to Europe, we, we did point out a few things, that, little things actually they had to do. And over the summer, I mean, I have their report books. What they did over the summer, at, at the same time as doing their junior cert, amazing, amazing. In November, I returned to Kinsale to find out how many of the 120 students had been successful in their one-page submission for this year's BT Young Scientist Exhibition? Um, well, it was kind of bittersweet. It was um, a couple of groups. There was four girls. There were, doing two, there were two, two girls in each group. And um, 
I think they did so well. They got 35 A's between them in their junior search. Really great kids and they very good experimental um, chemistry-based projects and we were taught to our bankers to get in. They, were, they weren't accepted and uh, they were distraught. We were very disappointed they didn't get through. We thought they'd, they'd, they'd done a lot of work, research. Um, they were well prepared, which just happens too. Like. I met with Emily Kellick and Orla Nyhan. Our project was based on the introduction of biodiesel into diesel and the effect it had on engine filters because it seemed to have, it seemed to clog engine filters in cars. We started our project very early because we decided we wanted to do it last year, wanted to get into the Young Scientist and then we applied very early and we had our plan made up but we didn't get through. We had put a lot of work um, into it. We went up to Waterford one day actually um, to see a man in JHG Analytical who helped us a lot with they they kind of analyse diesels and chemicals and he said he would help us with our project and he was really helpful, he really helped us kind of write up our proposal and stuff like that we didn't get through then, he was very disappointed as well, so yeah Um, we think we're going to try you know, a variation of the same project because we still think it's a very good idea and going to try harder and make it better There were disappointments but the school is delighted to have got so many projects through, as Sean Holly outlines. They're, they're very good, they're great workers anyway. There's a great, bit of an agenda imbalance though. There's 40 girls, only seven boys. So um, girl power is definitely uh, big in this school anyway. And uh, I don't think we thank the Spice Girls for the science work, but uh, it is very good and uh, they're excellent. They're working way hard to see this good gang have been here today again. We went up last Sunday, we're meeting up Saturday morning just to keep them dry and keep the momentum going but I think this year um, I don't think we might have an overall winner but we've got great numbers in but yeah I think some year we're going to have a bad year and hopefully it won't be this year but uh, we've had a lot of success in the last four years like and it's not going to keep going forever like you know you're going to the excitement that. is beginning to build for the BT Young Scientist exhibition it's so exciting so you have 48 children in the school that's three hurling teams that's huge and it's the in thing, it's the cool thing to do. And, and um, the long-term implications must be good. And, and um, no, no matter what the area of third level you enter now, you will be involved in research. So they're learning that skill at 13 or 14 years of age, and that will pay dividends. The range of projects is wonderful. I met with some of the students to find out what ideas they were exploring. First, I met with Finn Manning and Gavin Condren. We're doing an analysis of... Um E. coli growth and spread in washing machines. Um, so basically, our kind of our theory is that washing at low temperature and with certain um, gels, detergents, whatever, um, will won't kill E. coli and will stay in your clothes, transfer from one to another, and can cause food poisoning from hand to mouth contact. Um, I'm Isha Hilithau. I'm doing a project about the sound levels on TV and radio. I'm measuring the programs, different programs like RTE and ITV, and then I'm doing the ads afterwards to see if they're different or are they the same. And I'm surveying the public about it to see whether they, their perception is right about it or not. Okay, my name's Owen Hurley and I'm in fifth year and I'm doing the project with another person, uh, Emily McCarthy. It's lemna minor, which is also known as common duckweed. Is it an effective method of removing inorganic persistent pollutants from aquatic environments? Um, it grows in ponds and lakes all over the world and what it does is it absorbs as much of its environment as possible to grow as quick as it can. Um, um, it just basically goes on 
any pond you can go in your garden we actually the sample we're using we found our science teacher's pond so last weekend we kind of had an escapade his house and robbed most of the plant from his house um and in our project we're using it to take out metals in particular from water that could affect your liver one one chemical we're testing in particular is uh, tributyltin and it's actually present in the harbour and can sail in low levels and what it does is it causes impetus to bivalves like barnacles in the harbour so we we wanted to see because we had it hadn't been used to try to remove that before all the project ideas have come from the students themselves their teachers and community mentors encourage them and guide them but ultimately the students are the scientists it is they who explore and inquire as dr scott tells us i tell you i got into Science because of Father Tom. I mean, that's that's why I, I took up a degree in science. And then I went to the university to do my degrees and started research. And the thing about research is that it's... it's you're, to, When you start doing research, you're, you're given a project, and you're asked how or why. And once you start on that, it's it's very hard to get off. It's 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 become almost addicted to it. If we can use that term in talking about science, it's just a fascination. You don't sit back and say, "Oh, somebody else can worry about that." Something happens, and I have many things that I I spot from time to time to time. Why does that happen? Why doesn't it happen? Kinsale students keep asking why. Students Clodagh Butler, Fiona DC, and Marie Dempsey wanted to investigate if food colour would have an effect on chicken nutrition. Um, okay, we've noticed that like in cloudy weather they've eaten like loads more blue than red, like hardly any red, and then in sunny weather they're eating like loads of red, like hardly any blue. Um, we uh, fed them every day with like the colours white, black, blue, red and yellow. It's food colouring. So like we tried three different foods and we tried rice and then we stuck with that because that actually worked because you could divide it evenly and then we tried popcorn as well but that just went all mushy and stuff because you had to mix it with water to get the food colouring to mix in with it so that didn't work out either. Where their ideas come from and what questions these young students are asking fascinates me. I meet with Cathy Hines and Eve Casey to hear about their project. Both of our aunties gave birth to two baby girls in 2013 and we found this article um, saying that one in two girls born today will live to 100. So then we just got thinking about the pension age as well and if they're going to live to 100 and the pension age is also increasing, how old will they actually have to work for? So. It took a while to create this survey, but we had the help of Professor John Brown of Epidemiology of UCC to help us come up with the structure and the questions to use. Uh, so we first of all, obviously, have just the, the basic questions, gender, how old are you? Kathleen Lynch, the TD for, and Minister for Older People, was actually the person who recommended we put in how old do you feel, because she says that we need to stop talking about chronological age, and people only get old when they think they're getting old. It was brilliant to get in. We really didn't think as we're in first year and, like, you know, there's so much reputation for our school that we were just over the moon about it. It was great. Cathy and Eve's project involved surveying over a thousand people. They did some of their survey at Eve's grandfather, Jack Roach's greengrocer. Jack's family has been trading in Dublin's liberties for decades. Actually, we go quite quite to my grandmother, my grandmother's uh, time, which I never knew. I'm 70 now and she was dead before I was born. Hello, would you mind filling out a survey for the Beachy Young Scientist, please? No problem. If you wouldn't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 45. How old do you feel? 
I feel 28. At what age do you think people become old in these age brackets? Uh, it's kind of difficult to answer because I think some people become old in their heads and other people don't become old. Do you want me to slice this turnip? Are you, are you sure? Okay. Eve asks her granddad, Jack, when does he think he will retire? When Mr. Massey takes me away. You know, Mr. Massey, he's the gentleman in the coom who sells, who's loads of empty boxes down there. He always says, I have one for you, Jack. But so far, I haven't filled it in the order. <laughs> Oh, it's great, been great. We got uh, a total of 1,147 surveys. So we had, we had to get rid of some of them due to incomplete data and then we kind of uh, got rid of further randomly to get a stratified sample of 512 males and 512 females. And um, Well, we found that people haven't accepted that they're going to have to retire earlier and they haven't accepted the fact that people will be working longer. As we asked people when they think they will retire and what age they'd like to, and they, th they would like to retire at 59.7 and they think they'll retire at, at 65.5 and that's a six-year gap. It still falls short of the national average so they really haven't accepted that they're going to have to work longer. This is a massive deal that people will have to work longer. And um, I'm 12. I'm 13 since September. September. Why is a 12 and 13-year-old interested in retirement? seems such an alien idea for you. Well, it's just because I know we're not, we're obviously not old enough to retire yet, but we will be old enough someday. And it's sort of really just planning ahead because, you know, like everyone, everyone does get old and everyone does retire at some stage. And tell me now, are you nervous about the amount of work that you have to do? Are you okay? It's actually going to be fine because, you know, we started off really early and it was great. And then we got through, so then it kind of excelled from there and... So then we just have to do a report now, which is going to be the, the most work we've done so far, which is a 50-page book. We're going to be doing that over Christmas. <laughs> that's besides the point. Like, this is for something that's going to be standing to us for the rest of our lives, so it's going to be great. These students work hard. The level of detail in their project is inspiring, as is the support they get from their school. As part of the preparation for the BT Young Scientist judging process, the students go through a series of mock interviews. I meet up with Michaela O'Driscoll as she waits for her mock interview. She's doing a project on the investigation of the impact of antidepressants on the memory of the common fruit fly. We go into the room and either my English teacher or my old principal, Mr. Urban, is going to be in there and he's just going to act like the judge for us and say as much as he can about your project and you know you've done a good job if you can't really talk afterwards. Right, Michaela, O'Klein the origin of your idea for your projects? I found that the common fruit fly, Drosophila melanogaster, actually had, the brain works in the same way that humans do. They actually have 75% of the same genes that humans do in their brain. How long did it take to actually complete this project? Well, I started my project in about August and I only finished about three weeks ago. Right, so you showed a lot of initiative because you started before people came even back to school yeah. in relation to it. So it's been a six-month-long journey. Were there any bumps along the road, a long journey? When I was first started testing my flies, they were dying off after the shock. So I had to figure out why that was. And I started to reduce the shock, but they were still dying. So I tried using a different odour because I was using essential oils. Mm -hmm. and I thought maybe that might be a bit too strong for them. So I started using natural essences instead. 
and I started using strawberry and vanilla and after reducing the shock and changing the odours they started to survive the shock. So. Very good. Was all this experiments, this field work carried out at home? Yeah. Oh, in relation to it, you must have very understanding people in the house that be surrounded with flies in relation to them. Try to fly spray and kill them off. You might be depressed in relation to that, in relation to the project. Sean O'Brien holds another mock interview with Owen Hurley and Emily McCarthy. Scholars, geniuses and members of the intelligentsia, are we ready? Yep. Okay, that's very good. I'm really impressed with this project. Um, you know, I think that she might rattle something. But did you enjoy doing it? Yeah, at times, at times. well, at the time, so I had to get up at midnight and six in the morning, not too much. Okay, well done to you. Um, the person speaking to you will probably have some information on water and, and will be, will, will have studied it at third level, maybe lecturing at it and so forth. So um, they will find this quite fascinating. Right? It has implications for Africa, for the third world? Well, another study showed it also worked on sewage. So it, it takes out metals and sewage, so it would combat both problems mm-hmm. in third world countries. Let us take Emily McCarthy, first year pupil, and Emily McCarthy, fifth year pupil. If you met Emily McCarthy, first year in the morning, would you recognise her? Oh, I think she was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, that's not the word I use, but uh, so different. Yeah. Yeah, in what way was she different? I, I was just so shy and introverted and like I didn't really make an effort to make new friends. I stuck with my primary school friends and yeah. And has the young scientist helped you to be more forthcoming, more interactive? Um, well, through the young scientists I've made loads of friends that I never would have otherwise and I feel that it, my confidence has grown over the years taking part mm. in the competition. Mm-hmm. And you're well able to speak. Uh, we have really highlighted that it is possible to excel at science, an academic subject, and considering that we have a cross-section of the community, we are a community school, everybody in sixth class who knocks on the front door of this school is admitted. Everybody. And it's great also that we have children on the autistic spectrum who are in the school and who are fitting in very neatly to the school. And of course they educate others as well. This competition has been run only for 49 years now. This is the 50th year. So if each school was to win this competition in turn, you'd be 750 years waiting for your turn to come around again, as there are 750 secondary schools in Ireland. So to win it three times in seven years is an exceptional feat. And to become European champions twice, between 2009 2013, that's exceptional as well. And that's Kinsale Kids. I meet up with Cathy and Eve after their mock interview, which has gone well though they are both very aware that this was just a trial run. Not down to them, it's down to the people we see tomorrow. <laughs> How are you feeling about going tomorrow? Um, I'm, re- I'm quite nervous, but I think after today I'm a bit less nervous because we've had a bit of practice talking to people, especially at lunchtime when we talked to a few people that we didn't know. What was your highlight? Yeah, I loved typing the report. I thought the report was great fun. <laughs> I loved doing that. And, we'd, and, that was, and then putting it all together, finding our findings, looking at it as a whole was very interesting. And also then putting your results into a poster that's eye-pleasing is just so... Um, what's the word? Um, satisfying. satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yesterday we actually we went to a printing company in Kinsale called Elasmic and we got our report and our posters for the first time and we were just in the car there with the posters and we couldn't open them until we got back to Eve's house 
and even just opening it and seeing because it was it was so big and so colorful and everything and just to see like you know that's what we've put so much effort into mm-hmm. and it's it's all on this poster here it was just so it was so fantastic also talk about a relief really <laughs> I'm really really excited it's going to be weird though because since we're just first years you know it'll be it'll be weird thinking that all of our friends are in school when we're up in Dublin the students travel to Dublin for three days of the exhibition. The trips are subsidised by a grant from BT, so the cost is €100 Euros per student. They will be staying in a hotel for the three nights, and for many of the children, this will be their first time away without their families. I ask Eve and Cathy how the preparation for their trip was going, and what they are packing. Spare clothes, pyjamas, and... Oh, tea bags. Tea bags. We all love tea so much, so we're packing extra tea Don't bags. Don't forget the uniform. Oh, the uniform as well. That's maybe a little bit more important, but we're packing the tea bags anyway. And we've got a lot of sweets, and we've got we've got, um, we've got season one and season two of Sherlock to bring up on the bus as well. It's a very good show. <laughs> we're bringing all. We, we've got the supplies covered. Then on the Friday we have, and um, if you want, you can book your parents in to come for like your family in to come for dinner with us on the Friday evening. I swear to and God, Kathy's been looking at the menu for months. Oh my God! <laughs> what um, I think I've got it worked out. I think oh, I'm going for the pasta carbonara and the brownie for dessert. The trip is meant to be fun, but it is also a lot of pressure and hard work. I ask Eve and Cathy how they are feeling about meeting with the BT Young Scientist judges. Yeah, it's and it'll, it'll also be really hard just because since we have put in so much work, because I think you only get like... 15, 20 minutes with the judges, it'll be so hard just to put months and months of effort into 20, 20 minutes. minutes. We can't really get our hopes up because we're only first years, but we have worked really, really hard on it and it would be fantastic it if would we just did. be. I'd just be over the moon if we, if we got a prize, but like, it, that's, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, it really just matters how much work and how happy you are with yourself that you've done this. The prize would be nice though. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> on a frosty January morning at 6.30am, it is still dark as the students head off on the bus to Dublin. Good luck and have fun. You don't need luck. Okay, thank you. You're actually talented, see you later. Emma, Emma, text me, keep in touch. for our project in it so we just got I just got them in time in there yeah <laughs> now we're putting up our poster okay up we go oh I'm so proud of it I just think to Eve actually we didn't think in June because it was like there's a meeting in the school for whoever was interested and I don't think we ever thought we'd like end up especially with that kind of um, especially with this kind of project these are wonderfully intelligent and curious minds that want to show us what they have learned and discovered this excitement to learn has been fostered over the last 50 years by the Young Scientist exhibition. For Dr Tony Scott, it is the young, inquisitive mind that is our greatest resource. Yeah, it's, it's grown really 
because young people are, you know, young people are, more, are interested in science, particularly nowadays. There's so much happening. And, of course, they have all the information coming to them from the web or from television or from radio and all of this. So they have this curious mind. They want to find out why, why do things happen. My school is Carrick and Shannon in Leitrim. My project basically investigates the connection between the origin of music and birdsong. It also looks at the similarities between Irish and African music, but through birdsong. My theory being that it's the birds, the migrating birds, that cause the connection between Irish and African music. So I can show you an Irish example and then an African example. So this one is for the Irish blackbird and me then playing the clavel jig on the tennis. The exhibition is thronged with adults and children of all ages, hungry to find out more about the world of science. Antidepressants or something like that, it, it can affect your memory, so she tested it out on flies. And if they want to go to vanilla, it'd give them like a shock, to, and then she'd feed them thing, it'd see if it'd affect their memory, and they kept going back to vanilla, so it do, does affect your memory. You yeah. can't even feel it, because we're like bigger than them but they're like well, minty so they're it affects them like more <laughs> the scale of the event is hard to comprehend unless you have experienced it the event attracts over 40,000 people making it one of the largest events of its kind in Europe I met with Colm O'Neill CEO of BT Ireland the company that has been organising the exhibition for 14 years to hear how the 50th anniversary is going I mean, it's, it's uh, as you reflect on 50 years, um, you, you think back to an event in the mid-1960s in the Mansion House in Dublin where 230 students showed up to a small youth science fair. And you see what we have today, 2,000 applicants, uh, and the RDS jam-packed full of um, people looking at 550 um, exhibits. We have special acts. We have business conferences with um, 430 business people here, unrecognisable from that first exhibition, but still with the same core mission, which is to um, take science and technology out of the classroom and to motivate people to pursue a career in science and technology. That core um, motivation has never changed. For the days of the exhibition, the RDS has transformed into an enormous science playground, a place full of ideas and curiosities. Adults and children embark on a marathon journey of science, exhibits, experiments, talks and shows. Encouraging a sense of wonder and a hunger to learn more is what a BT Young Scientist is all about. And that is what drives Dr. Tony Scott. One of the things we're doing now, which is working with the young scientists, is we put on a primary science fair. I think it's the old Jesuitical idea, get them young and you have them for life. Well, we want to encourage science early. And um, 120, we, we take in 120 schools over the days of the young scientists. And they put on, each class comes up for one day, they put on their project and it's judged by judges from the RDS Science Committee. But one of the projects in 2013, as far as I remember, was a project by a school in Cork. And it was, the, the project was, why did our town flood 
three times in the last two years for primary school children. Primary school children. There's, there's science. They saw the, the problem and they wanted to see could they find out why. Why are some classrooms colder than others? What factors affect whatever birds are attracted to a garden feeder? Hey daddy, what's a square? And where do we get air? And daddy can Well, we did our projects on can we drop an egg from a height without it breaking. So, who plays a key role in our ecosystem? Um, it's actually the bees. Inquisitive child, and sometimes the questions get wild. Like Why do we dream? Did you also know that, um, when you're getting tickled, you tuck your arms in and your neck's in. It's because under your arms and your neck, it's most vulnerable because your necks have your arteries and veins and uh, under your arms has a direct course to your heart. Um, Tony's um, mantra is the curiosity and just keep asking the question. And when you see him judging, he still judges in the exhibition, when you see him judging projects, he's less concerned about what results they might have got and he's more concerned around how they went through the process of inquiry and inquisitiveness and so on and so forth. I met up with Cathy and Eve as they were finishing one of their judging sessions. Um, what, what year are you in? We're in the first year. First year, yeah, well done. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. It was nice, very nice to meet you and good luck. Thank nice you, it was a pleasure to meet you. Best, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> My God, that was good. I was so happy with that. He seemed impressed. Oh, oh I'm so glad. He, he seemed pretty happy when we really did most of the talking. Yeah. Within this exhibition, there is an enormous respect given to all the students. Throughout the judging process, their projects are considered as valued scientific work and research. The BT Young Scientist judging process is detailed and thorough and reflects the central ethos of the exhibition, as Dr. Tony Scott outlines. And the, the great thing about the young scientists, again, is we get judges, and they give their time free. Now, if we had to pay those people, you know, they're from right across the universities and industry. They see it's worthwhile, it's good, it's encouraging young people to do productive things, uh, makes them aware of the world outside and the importance that science plays in it. It's almost like the GAA for science. Um, I think the fact that we don't outsource it to people changes the atmosphere. And then the judging process is a very detailed, very rigorous process where each project is judged at least three times. And then finally, we have Dr. Tony Scott and his fellow co-conspirator, Reverend Dr. Tom Burke. I think their spirit and um, their ethos and their principles still run right the way through this exhibition and affect everything that's done about it. And I think you put those three things together and I think you have something a little bit magical. I met with Ashley Thompson, a BT Redcoat volunteer for the last seven years, who explains the work involved in setting up the exhibition. Just for the setup of this alone, you're probably talking... Uh, well, there's actually, there's actually 197 Redcoats here for the week. By uh, my day job, I'm an engineer in, in the northwest of, of Northern Ireland. Um, I only come down here, volunteer here for the full week. The whole week, you start to realise why you're back here and why you want to keep doing it. It's an amazing place. Uh, it's a great way of, of meeting all loads of different people from all parts of the company. The student projects, every year they just get better and better. They never cease to amaze me, some of the students nowadays. you know. Um, for example, I've seen a guy with a 3D printer that he made himself the other day. You know, and that's... 
that's bringing things to a totally different level than, than what they were when I was at school. They're, they're just geniuses, all of them. As you spend time with the BT Redcoats, you can really feel the love and enthusiasm they have for the event. This is also true for the Kinsale community mentors and teachers, who are here to make this a great event for their students. But they too involve themselves in all aspects of the event, even down to Sean Holly's attempt at ice skating. You see Bambi on ice. <laughs> You're going to see tonight <laughs> the worst skaters. Um, look at that shot. I go to baby place first. Off like me pushing the penguin, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> that is mortification to the highest degree. <laughs> Ice skating over, we return to the RDS to meet with Kathy and Eve, who have had a second day of judging. Eight judges. Seven of them judged us, and one of them came back who wrote this comment, a really nice one. And yeah, sure. And um, it might sound a bit. <laughs> this will sound this, very cocky. This is a highly impressive study of attitudes to aging and retirement by two students who showed a highly sophisticated understanding of sampling methods and statistical techniques. This study would warrant publication, or at least elements of it, and it is of an exceptionally high standard. As part of their report book, Kathy and Eve kept a project diary. Every time we meet, met up, we write about it. Today I went up to Kathy's house and we continued our poster. We also stuck in the following pictures. Kathy surfing Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus and Kinsale. Uh, <laughs> that's that's entering it. a late at night. It's like completely dark in the room and there's just light on Kathy's face from the computer and she's just looking really grumpy. <laughs> if you visit or take part in the BT Young Scientists exhibition, you can feel the energy and buzz the whole event creates an event that has been part of Irish life for the last 50 years. It is part of who we are, as Maureen Walkinshaw, HR Director for BT Business, ponders. It's, it's become, I mean, it, it's so important in Ireland that everyone just sees it is, it's about the future of the country, really. And I know that sounds quite grand, but these young people coming through, and year on year, they are more articulate, um, they're more knowledgeable, they're more passionate and enthusiastic, and, and they're just getting smarter and smarter and smarter. This event matters, and it has had a profound effect on all the students participating. I met with the first ever winner of the Young Scientist exhibition, John Monaghan. John has recently retired as president of his own biotech company, Avagen Inc., based in California. For John, the nourishment of the curious mind that the BT Young Scientist exhibition generates has a fundamental role to play in Ireland's future. Precisely the kind of thing you need in science. You have to question things, you have to be creative. You, you, you can't just take things for granted. And, um, I mean, the, the Young Scientists is, is, exhibition is an absolute clear illustration of that. The creativity you see here is ingrained in the population, actually. The reality is the next 50 years, uh, in terms of the Irish economy uh, and, and, and the population in general, is going to be incredibly high-tech oriented. It will be absolutely essential for countries uh, to actually maintain and nourish a high-tech community. So as I said, the, 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 the students that you see here today will have to be the core of that expertise 20, 30 years from now. The importance of this event is illustrated in the other exhibitions that have been generated on the strength of this Irish success story, as Dr Tony Scott explains. Well, I mean, I can tell you what has come from ours. They've started one in England. They call it the Big Bang, and they're going into their fourth or fifth now. Theirs is slightly different to ours, but they, they got the concept was here, and we've, which I'm very pleased about. Is we've started one in Tanzania, 
The first one was held uh, two years ago, that's 2012. We had the first young scientist in Tanzania. There was a, a person from the university in, in Dar es Salaam, I think, was overdoing a doctorate in, in Maynooth University. And um, they brought him up to see our young scientist, and he sort of said, would that be a nice idea for, for, for Tanzania? So they went off that year, and they came back the next year, and um, they came with some people who might be interested in sponsoring it, and they came to us and we said uh, they want to know could they do it. So we said, well, we'll give you all the help we did. So we have a board which looks after the young scientists, mainly to protect the integrity of it. it again, it's a, it's a not-for-profit board. We don't get any money. Uh, board meetings, you get a coffee, coffee and a biscuit. That's about the height of it. <laughs> um, and we, so we gave them everything. I mean, how we do the, the projects, how we judge the projects, the idea stands, how we, uh, how we select them and so on. Interesting, the winner, part of the prize for the winner was a trip to Dublin to see our young scientists in 2013. Three lovely ladies and, uh, from school, I don't ask me to pronounce it, but it's somewhere near um, Kilimanjaro, did a marvellous project about the contamination of, of groundwater and has local industry a, a role to play in it. A marvellous project. I mean, it's been successful because we've had tremendous success from the Irish government through um, Irish aid. But it's great to see something that was a seed taken from Ireland, planted in Tanzania, and is now beginning to grow. That came from New Mexico. The BT Young Scientists Exhibition is a competition. And while the learning is what matters, you can't help but get caught up in the desire to win. I sit with Eve and Cathy in the RDS Hall, waiting for the 50th Young Scientists Award Ceremony to begin. The room is at full capacity and the atmosphere is electric. Oh, I'm feeling really, really nervous. I didn't think I'd actually wanted this badly when we started. Oh God, I'd love, I'd love to win something, but you know, being up here is great. But you know, it would make a nice to win something. You can say that. Yeah. I want you to win. Thank you, Josh. That's really nice of you. Now we're moving on to senior group, and we're starting with third place. The winners are Owen Hurley and Emily McCarthy from Kinsale Community College. And so, first place in the junior individual is going to Isha Healy Cow from Kinsale Community School. And first place in junior group, the winners are. Get ready for it. Sarka Doyle and Saoirse Hill from Kinsale Community School. Next, it's second in the intermediate individual, and the winner is. Michaela O'Driscoll from Kinsale And so, the award for Best Republic of Ireland School is going to... Kinsale Community School! The RT Award is presented to an individual or group for outstanding work exhibited in the Social and Behavioural Sciences category. And the winners are... Cathy Hines... And Eve Casey from Kinsale Community School in Cork. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I'm wondering, is Kinsale a real place or simply a state of mind? The best group at the BT Young Scientists and Technology Exhibition for 2014 are... 
Kathy Hines and Eve Casey from Kinsale Community School in Perth. Oh So happy! I can't believe we got it. We're so thrilled. Just unnatural. I'm hoarse. I'm hoarse. And to see two first-year girls taking best group in the country at 13 years of age, and and just imagine this: seven months ago, those two girls were sitting at a desk in a primary school, and in seven months, they've travelled from that primary school to the stage of the RDS in the company of the Minister of Education and Skills. That is a phenomenal journey. Isn't Kinsale fantastic? We'll have to hobble them. You, you saw there, I can only think of the word love the students have for their teachers. That, that was in spades as those two teachers went up. Really, when, when I, I was actually, I'm not going to be lying, I was really hoping to win our category. And then when we didn't, I was like, that's a shame. Maybe next year. And then... I was, I, I was a little bit more devastated. He was like, that's a shame, maybe next year. I was like, no, no, and I was just so annoyed. Oh, I just want to point out, when Cathy won, she said, oh my God, we might get in, we got, might get mentioned over the intercom in school. I was like, <laughs> this was Cathy's first talk. Mentioned on the intercom. Boy, Quinn was like, I wonder if Kinsale is actually a place for a state of mind. That was pretty good. We, we, were, we were like so, we, um, we were so happy that we won the best school. But we honestly thought that Mr. Holly should have won should have um, got the best teacher award but however because yeah. he got an ice he's skate and ice skate with a penguin I think that that merits an award he's, he's such a class teacher he's so cool another year of awards and yet again Kinsale Community School triumphs the role of honour just keeps growing I ask Eve why she thinks her school is so successful I think generally if this is a fair thing to say that we're a very nice school and that we are very um, kind people in it and all the teachers are so helpful and everybody is in there is very nice. She is right. They are nice people. Here are two girls who have taken top prize. But what they are most excited about is that now, because they have won, they might have a chance to get Cathy's dad an autograph from the astronaut Colonel Chris Hadfield. It's going to be so cool because Chris Hadfield's coming tomorrow and my dad really, really loves Chris Hadfield. And I said I'd try and get him his autograph, but you know, with all the people, I, I didn't think it would be possible. And now I think that we might be able to meet him, and it would really mean the world to him. Group winners from yesterday. Good, good morning to you, ladies. Morning. How are you? Good morning. Congratulations. What did you win? Uh, best won the best overall group. and outstanding social behavioural science. Wow, good for you both. And do you live here in, in Dublin? Uh, we no. live in Kinsale. We actually oh, saw Kinsale. the International Space Station float over our house. Imagine what it's like for me to look at the space station go over now. Imagine <laughs> what that's like to look up and see that star go over when I lived there and I'm trying to, you know, trying to, trying to connect my life here with my life up there. Thank you. I'll sign this book for you. Dad, you met him. That was super well done. You took your Why is this school so extraordinarily successful? There is no magic formula. This is simply a school and a community that has instilled in its children a love of learning and an extraordinary work ethic. Their success is due to hard work and love. Love given to the students by their families, their school, Eamon Judge, Sean Holly and the community of Kinsale. It is simple, but the outcome is magic. Ordinary kids made extraordinary by the support of a whole community.
Competing for Science is a curious broadcast production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. Narrated by Patricia Baker. Sound mixing and editing, Jerry Horn, Contact Studio.